Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great children who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow, whether I want to or not, every single day. I get it. It's not always easy. And as you know by now, we're in this together, and we have some really wonderful people helping us along the way. Now, one of the ways we get our children and teens ready for the real world is to help them understand money. Raising children who understand money is vital to their future financial success, their future financial health, independence, and behavior. Children and teens need to learn the value of money as well as how to budget, plan, earn, save, invest, and give to causes that really mean something to them. Money management is a life skill, but how do we teach it? For that answer, we have the privilege of having Neil Godfrey on the show today. Now, Neil Godfrey is an acknowledged expert on financial finance and a New York Times number one best-selling author of 27 books, including Money Doesn't Grow on Trees, A Parent's Guide to Raising Financial Responsible Children. You've probably seen her on many shows. In addition, she has designed financial literacy curricula and mobile gaming apps that have reached millions of families. Perhaps you're using one now. Neil began her career with the Chase Manhattan Bank, joining as one of the first female executives and later forming her own company, pioneering the topic of kids and money in the U.S. Her mission is to educate the entire family from childhood through all the stages of adulthood about money. Neil currently contributes to Forbes.com and the Huffington Post. She also regularly speaks for large audiences and appears on television and radio. You may have seen her on Oprah or perhaps some other daytime and morning shows. You can find out more about Neil Godfrey on LinkedIn or Facebook under Neil Godfrey, GreenStreetsCommon.com, or her apps Green Streets and Schmutz Happens, which... I hope she'll talk about later on in the show. This is one of those topics that every parent wants to know about because our conversations about money need to happen. But as parents, we don't always know what to say and we don't always know the best ways to help our children become financially responsible. So let's turn our attention to today's guest of honor who has come by to help us talk to kids about money and teach them about money, the truly awesome Neil Godfrey. Thank you so much for joining us on How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. Well, before we get into the meat of the matter, for those of you who haven't, I can't imagine that they haven't, but if they haven't had the opportunity and pleasure to see you, to meet you, to read your books, enjoy your curriculum, or listen to you speak at some point, would you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning, what are you passionate about, and why the topic of money and children? Well, Robin, our kids are basically financially illiterate. Mm Mm-hmm which means that they can graduate from high school and not even know how to make change. So you know that. We yeah, all know that. It's so and true. 
Right? I mean, it's crazy. And mm -hmm. here we live in the largest capitalistic nation in the world. We're very proud of the choices that we have. We have to give those kids educated choices. And unfortunately, only 17 schools or states out of um, our country actually mandate the teaching oh. of financial literacy, which is really pathetic. And I started this topic in the 1980s, really because I saw my own kids be not able to handle money. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got to, I've got to do something about this. And so I did. So my daughter stood there after I had schlepped her around to a million bookstores to look for books to teach my kids about money, and there were none. My daughter, and you know you've got little kids, mm -hmm. sort of stood there indignantly and said, Mommy, why don't you just write the book? <laughs> how easy. How easy. So, you know, I had that look on my face. I knew how to be a bank president, but I didn't know how to write a book. And she stood there and she said to me defiantly, and you know you're a doctor in this, she said, Mommy, are you afraid? Well, and of course, being the great parent that I am, I crouched, established eye contact with her and said, no, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I love your daughter already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I was afraid. I was outside of my comfort zone. Yes. But you know what? Mommy figured out how to do it. And I started the topic of kids and money because I wanted to teach my own children. I love that. And I think that's a great reason. And we're so glad that your daughter said that to you because now we've got 27 wonderful books to start with. And we're so glad to have you on. So tell us why, and we know that we know some of the reason, but why is it important to raise a financially responsible child? Well, we want them to have a healthy attitude toward money. We don't ever want them to confuse net worth with self-worth. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that they can design those dreams and get them. And money can be a wonderful part of your life and it can allow you to give to people who are not as fortunate as you and really design a life that you want or it can rip families apart. Yeah. And you know in your practice that one of the big things that, that drives a wedge between couples and creates stress at home and at work is financial worries. Okay. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't we do this? And the problem is we don't have a script. Mm -hmm. So what I do is help people to make sure that we open up the conversation and not have money be the biggest secret in the family and start talking about it. Make it part of your daily routine. Well, we couldn't be happier that you have those scripts because we definitely need them. When do we start talking about this stuff with our kids? I mean, we've got parents who are listening who have young kids and school-age kids and even teen kids. So when do we start? Well, it's never too early. Mm -hmm. It's also never too late. But I start when the kids start saying, I want, I want. Mm. And we know in actuality it's probably around age two, but right. I give them a year off for good behavior and I started <laughs> at age three. And that's when they become very aware of the fact that money allows you to buy something in a store because they'll start asking for money from parents. And that's really kind of when the I want, I want syndrome starts to develop. Right. And, and I'm sure is the reason why you wrote a book 
about uh, how money does not grow on trees, because, of course, that's one of those things that we say to our, our, our children. So how do you start this conversation and making sure your children know the value of money? Well, first of all, what I do is teach the natural consequences of money, which means the only way you get money is to earn it. There's no entitlement program out there. So I have them do very simple chores to learn actually the life skills that you need to run a household. And they earn money for those chores. Now, the big thing is there are two types of chores within any household. There are citizen of the household chores where they don't get paid, and there are work for pay chores mm. where they do get paid. Mm-hmm. Okay, because allowance is a really big discussion, and we've talked uh, about family contributions in our family and making sure that everybody understands that we all need to work as a team in order to set the table or take the, the dishes off the table. These are things that we do to contribute to the family so that not only one person is doing everything. So with these two different things, this work for pay idea how does that work? Like, how do you know what's what and how do you set that up? Well, here's the deal. You're the CEO of your household, so you get to choose. In my house, um, my kids had to keep their rooms free of breeding diseases. And those were citizens of the household chores. They also had to clean up toys in public spaces Mm -hmm. and keep public spaces clean so that they learned respect for other people who live in the household. So the deal was those are citizen of the household chores. They don't get paid for them. We're teaching them to be a good citizen of the household. And then subtly, a good citizen of the community, when you see litter that's lying on the street, you pick it up and put it into a garbage can. And a citizen, a good citizen of the world, Mm -hmm. you recycle because that's what you do to help everybody on the earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then work for pay, I chose when they were little ones, you choose age-appropriate chores. So they can help, you know, the little guys can bring napkins out to the table. They can take the napkins back and put them into the recycling bin. They can um, set part of the table, not the knives, obviously, mm-hmm. but they can bring certain things out and bring certain things back. My kids used to do, they loved the squeegee and the cleaning windows, so they would clean windows about, you know, three feet above the ground, and Mm -hmm. they loved that. They thought that was really cool. So you just pick the age-appropriate chores. In my books, I delineate, I give you lots and lots of lists as to what to do. Okay, okay. And then with the... With this allowance or work for pay idea, well, allow I guess is allowance different from work than work for pay? Are these the same thing? But what what well, about it, that word? Yeah, the allowance I would say would be the work for pay. Okay. To me, the allowance is actually the two things. Again, behavioral is the citizen of the household, and work for pay is the you work and you earn. Mm -hmm. And money is only the result of work. It's not for good behavior. Mm -hmm. It's not if you behave. It's not if you do your piano lessons, you get paid. It's not if you get good grades, you get paid. It's not. It's the result of work. You don't get paid if you're a worker because you behaved for the day. (laughs) 
This is a very good point. You can be a, the best behaved person, but if you do not do your work, you will not get paid. Yeah. That is a very good point. So how do you know how much to pay your child? Does it sli- is it a sliding scale as they get more experienced or older? How, how does that work? As they get older, they get more and more chores. In the very beginning, it's only about 15 minutes a day for the little guys. You're modeling the behavior. They're doing them with you. You, They check off. If they think they did a chore, you check it to make sure that they did. There's nothing punitive because you're doing it with them and you're modeling what you want in terms of the chore. As they get older, they are more on their own. You model the behavior and then they have to do it. They have to take the responsibility. What I do, if you can afford it, I pay them their age per week. So that five-year-old gets $5 and the 10-year-old gets $10 per week. Okay, so, and that that allowance or that payment is based on them completing those tasks, whether it's on a weekly standard or on a daily basis that they have to complete those tasks. Right. Okay. And, and- And the deal is that they have to do the task. They know that there's a chart on the wall. They're responsible for doing it. Now, obviously, we know that a lot of the kids have a lot of homework or they have sports and they can't get to things. So make sure that you pick something where they don't have to do it every single day. You don't want them to be responsible for feeding the pets if they can only do that twice a week. That is genius. A very good point, but probably a mistake that a lot of people make by accident. So maybe taking out the trash, which is once a week, would be an easy one to do, or um, doing the dishes or loading the dishwasher might be a good one to do if it's on a, you know, you say, oh, you're doing it on Mondays and Wednesdays. Right. Or collect the small garbage cans in the house. Okay. Or water the plants. Or when the weather's good, rake the leaves. Or, you know, in today's world, do the snow. It just depends. Okay, okay. And obviously, as they're doing this, they're learning that when they work, they gain money. And that is supposed to mirror what happens when they become an adult or an adolescent and get paid uh, by other people for jobs that they do. Exactly. And what you want to do, I, as, you know, a parent want to make sure that I'm modeling what happens in real life. If you just hand kids money and then all of a sudden there's a rude awakening, well, actually, that's not the way it works in real life. No one's going to hand you money each day for you to do stuff. So what I want to do is make sure that my parenting reflects as closely as possible what real life is going to be. But now we've only described half the allowance system. Mm -hmm. The other half is the budgeting part. Hmm. And budgeting is a habit, and it's a habit that we have to teach our kids. So what I do is make it as visual as possible. Get four clear plastic jars or clear plastic envelopes. Why? Because the little guys want to count their money. Yes, they do. They want to see it. They want to count it. They want to hold it. Piggy bank makes the money go away. It doesn't really help them at all. Okay. So what I do is make sure that they understand that their money is going to be allocated. So the first jar is the charity jar. 10% comes off the the top of their allowance to go into the charity jar. And we can talk about 
that in a minute. Sure, sure. Then the remaining 90% goes in a third, a third, a third. Next jar, quick cash, instant gratification. They worked hard. They get to make some decisions on their, with their own money. Obviously, you set the parameters as a parent. If it's no chocolate or candy or automatic weapons, you don't let them. <laughs> Good so, idea. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> then you're teaching them to push off instant gratification, and the next is medium-term savings. So they pick a goal, and they save for it. And the little guys can only save for a week or two because they forget what they're saving for, or we forget what they're saving for. Mm-hmm. And the last jar is long-term savings. Okay. Set up an account for their college or a car or something that you is a larger purchase where they are going to, in essence, see the money going away. It's a good way to be safe. Do they put that in the bank after they yep. fill it up? Okay. Okay. Take them to the bank. And I don't want you to do it online. I want you to take them into a bank. I mm-hmm. want you to show them what a bank is. I want you to explain what a bank is. Then they can bank online. But I want you to start with something that's real because otherwise it's all a video game to the kids. It's not it's not real. All right. So Imagine you have your child in front of you since you've been doing this in the past and with probably other people's children as along the way, obviously. And now you're explaining to them about these different jars. So what do you say to them about this charity jar that gets a whopping 10% and they're giving it away? So give me the words. What would a parent actually say to their child? What you would do as a parent is find out what the kids are in involved or passionate about. Mm -hmm. My son was passionate or is passionate about the environment and animals and my daughter's more passionate about people and human rights and things like that. Mm -hmm. So with my son we would put money in. He actually was donating money to different ecological projects even as a little one Mm -hmm. and my daughter was donating to UNICEF. She wanted to help children who were you know, again, less fortunate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then they knew that they saved a certain amount. I wrote the check. And I, at that point, I was happened to be um, on the board of UNICEF. So she, my daughter could actually hand the check to two people. She was very involved, mm-hmm. even a one. And my son, um, we were able to go on a variety of different trips. And he was able to give to different natural people who were doing ecological um, sustainability projects. So, and what's interesting is today they're still involved in these types of projects. I love that. I've, I've mentioned on other podcasts that I have my kids, instead of getting presents for their birthdays, they collect for charities. So they're very familiar with charities, but I think this is such a nice way for them to see how their work can create money that they can give to a charity that they care about, whether it's animals or people or some kind of ecological project. I think that's a truly, it's a truly wonderful gift to give to them. Okay, so then how do you explain these other jars to them, especially something like long-term savings when a child is younger and they think a car or a trip, or what are you talking about, Bob? College? I'm six years old. How are you to talk to them about something that seems so far in the future? 
Well, I actually tell them you're not going to understand that and you're never going to think that you're going to get older and you're never going to think that you'll be that grown up to go to college. And here's the deal. Um, does a three-year-old understand the concept of long-term savings? No. Does a 10-year-old understand the concept of long-term savings? Absolutely not. Do the adults in America understand the concept <laughs> of long-term savings? Absolutely not. I'm seeing so, a trend here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. It's just the way it works. Those are the rules. And sometimes you just have to tell the kids those are the rules. And as a parent, um, you're going to do a lot of things today. You don't understand oral hygiene, but I'm teaching you to brush your teeth. Mm -hmm. You don't understand why you have to stop at a red light, but you will. You don't understand why you can't dash out into the parking lot and you have to hold my hand. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't understand why I want you to eat kale and spinach. Nope, you don't understand that, but someday you will. And it's my job as a parent to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously quick cash, they'll understand more. That's probably very exciting for them. But I do want to, I do wonder about one thing. I know you were saying, okay, you know, chocolate, automatic weapons, like we're not going to spend on that. But my daughter had this money that came in and she decided to use it on a toy that I knew was seriously crap. I mean, it was just a piece of garbage and she was going to spend $30 on it. And I let her do it. And I let yep. her, I actually let her learn that it was a piece of garbage. She Good. actually turned to me later and she said, this was a bad choice. <laughs> and I said, yes. Go Robin. Go Robin. <laughs> oh, thank goodness I did the right thing. I thought you were going to tell me. Uh, you might be should. Okay, good. Oh, don't you love me giving you psychological advice as to how to raise your, your kids? But, I, you know, I never let knowledge get in my way. Um, no. She learned a valuable lesson. In life, yes. she's going to have to make choices with her money. Mm -hmm. And you make choices with your money. And frankly, you don't want someone as an adult standing over you to say, well, this is a good decision or this is a bad decision. We have freedom of choice in our country. It's just the same thing that we don't want people telling us what we can say and can't say or who our friends are. We don't want that. So what she learned is you worked hard for that money i hope i'm i'm not crazy that it was just given to her but that's mm -hmm. another conversation and here's the deal you made that choice i stayed out of it i honored the choice i mean obviously you didn't let her buy a sword no i mean no i mean it was just a, a crappy toy yeah, it was crappy okay yeah. that's cool that's cool and then um, she learned from that and that's a valuable lesson and there are all sorts of lessons that we can teach through money because you're really teaching values and life skills it's not really about money mm -hmm. it's about the values and life skills that you want your kids to learn if you said to her and mandated no you're not gonna buy that crappy toy I know it's gonna break by the time we get into the the car you're not gonna like it yep 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 you just took away her choice and you disempowered her. Mm -hmm. And it's the hardest thing for parents to zip it up. Yep. And you zipped it up. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank goodness. I took a little bit of a risk there, Neil, telling you yeah. my story because I don't know how it was going to turn out there. I could have said, whoa, Robin screwed up. <laughs> nope. Good job. All right. Thank you. She actually still refers to it 
as like, you know, oh, well, remember when I bought that thing? And she's like, this has got to be, this is like that. Like, you know, she actually equates that to many, many other decisions that she makes that Think are. About that. Was that not worth the $30? It was. It, of... was. it was worth it. So I, I am glad that it went the way that it, that it did, I have to say. So then what are the tips for helping children understand and use money wisely? Obviously, they can learn from experience like my daughter just did. But what, what other things can we do to help them understand and use the money wisely? Well, you've got, you basically have the budget. So we're teaching them to earn, save, spend, and share. Those are the values we want them to learn. We want them to learn about uh, pushing off instant gratification. We want them to learn about saving for the future. We want them to learn to give. So you're doing it. And then within those categories, you're giving them the freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. So you are teaching them by virtue of the allowance system, parenting that you want them to learn. You're also being really careful, we hope, um, about not rewarding them monetarily for good behavior. You know what I'm wondering is what if they don't do the job that you said they needed to do? Like, you know, do you you have this money that they're supposed to earn? They're kind of counting on it, I guess. I'm sure they have these goals, but they don't maybe do it. Maybe they did some of it, not all of it. What what do you do about that? Well, here's the thing. I've got another story. Uh, My son, who was seven years old, was on Oprah with me. Oh, nice. Because Oprah didn't believe that a seven-year-old could do the allowance system and learn anything about money. So I brought my son on, and he had his allowance chart. And actually, it was pretty funny because he I just sat back. I wasn't on air. I mean, I was there, but I wasn't mm-hmm. in, in the shot with him. And it was just my son, Rhett, and Oprah talking. And so my son had his allowance chart, and he was going through his allowance, and he said, you know, Oprah... Uh, We have five cats, and I have to feed the cats every day. And by the way, you know the mind of an 11-year-old, Robert, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of a a 7-year-old. So he's sitting there, and he goes, because Oprah, if I don't feed the cats every day, then they're going to starve to death, and then the cats are going to die, and Mom hates dead cats around (laughs) the house. Perfect. Totally. I received, by the way, 2,554 letters from PETA members around the country talking about my dead cats. I have no dead cats in the house, Robin. Anyway, so he went to the list, and I was just cringing like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Anyway, so he said to Oprah, and Oprah, I have to do all my chores all week or I don't get paid when payday comes. So Oprah interrupted him and said, that's ridiculous. That's not fair. You should get some money if you do some of your chores. Mm. And my son, and we never covered this. He knew the rules were that you have to do the chores or you don't get paid. So he sat there. He put his hand on his, you know, his um, leg and and sits there and, and says, and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm waiting for this answer. And he goes, Oprah, that doesn't make sense. Don't you have to do your whole show to get all your money? You can't do part of your show. Beautiful. Wise and boy. I was like, oh, my God. And he goes, Oprah, you know how it works in real life. No work, no pay. 
And I was like, woohoo! You know, I let him move back in the house after the, the dead cat <laughs> thing. And that's the point. Yes. The result of no work is no pay. And here's the deal. You have to do all your job mm -hmm. to get paid. You can't have a patient and say to them, you know what, I'd like to see you for 15 minutes. Would you mind paying me for that? I mean, Robin, what would happen? Right, right. So that's the lesson. Now, P.S., on if you don't do your citizen of the household chores mm -hmm. without pay, yeah. the you can hear one of my cats, by the way. She's in the podcast. Oh, yes. That, that the result is behavioral. So therefore, a behavior is taken away. So whatever that is, no texting, no TV, no computer, no cell phone, whatever oh, that punishment yes. is, not money. Okay. It's not a monetary punishment. It's a behavioral punishment. I like that because it you need to have the natural consequence go with the correct item. Otherwise, but, things get very confusing, I'm sure, for the kids. Right, which is why I don't pay for grades. A oh, yes. grade yeah. is behavioral. Right. It is not a work for pay. That's not their job. Right. It's their responsibility. It's very different. I agree with that. You and I are on the same page. So what about when it comes to teens? And now they have more things to purchase or want to purchase. They've got to go out with a lot of other kids. Maybe they're going out in groups. They're going to movies. They're buying more stuff for themselves. So what do you have in terms of tips for teens and money? The big thing with teens is that you have to, again, teach them the natural consequences. It's called finite. This is the amount of money you have. This is what I'm giving you each weekend for certain expenses. You can fill in by earning more money. You always give them odd jobs they, that they can do, but that's it. It's finite. And I work with a company called Greenlight, and they have a debit card for kids. Mm. And you, parent, have to greenlight the purchase. So that if they're in the mall and they're buying stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, they find the prom dress that to you looks like a short silver blouse, it's you, you know, and they send you the picture, you can say, uh-uh-uh, no, right. no, no. Get something with a bottom, sweetheart. Get something, <laughs> yeah, they get something that's more than 12 inches long. Yes. So that's the type of control that I want. So now they can have a new vehicle, which is a debit card, which is something you want to teach them to, to use. It's got a finite amount of money on it. And by the way, you as parent get to control it. So a debit card instead of a credit card when it yes. comes to teens. And a budget and a real budget. And what I do is I give them a clothing allowance every quarter. And I say, go figure out what you think you need. Let them write a list. So they'll come back. I need five pairs of jeans and they have to be designer jeans and I need the sneakers and I need the this and the that and whatever. Let them research and put the amount of money toward it. In other words, so that the jeans each cost $100 and the, the tops, whatever. And they'll come out with their budget. Mm -hmm. They have to say where they're, you know, where they've researched online for whatever they're looking for. And then you sit down and go item by item. You know what? You need one pair of jeans. You know what? You need two tops. Mm -hmm. You know what? You need whatever. I will pay for that, but you're not shopping at, you know, you don't need whatever. 
you can buy them at the Gap or you can buy them at you know, Walmart. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I'm willing to pay. If they want to spend money on the, you know, on the more expensive stuff, give them an opportunity to earn the money and then they can make their choices and buy it. So you're not fighting about the designer jeans. You're just saying, here's the budget I'll give you. Go figure out how to do it. Go shop on sale. Go figure out coupons. Go go figure it out. I'm not spending any more than that. Put the money on the debit card, on the green light card, and say to them, you know, knock yourself out. Go go do what you want to do. You want to put more money on it, that's cool. So this is the time where they might be able to dip into that quick cash or maybe set a goal for themselves in that medium-term savings you were talking about where they really want to buy that extra pair of jeans and maybe they can save for it or use some of the cash that they have um, in allocated in the quick cash box. Exactly. Okay. And then when it comes to this allowance that you just mentioned, this clothing allowance, is that something that they've earned or something that you've given them? I give them because they wouldn't be able to earn the $300, $400, whatever it would be. Okay. You know, they can't earn enough money. Right. Okay. So some of these things need to be given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. They can add to it. And also, if let's say you're shopping at the end of the year for for the winter coat for the next year, you just make a mental note. We bought that. That comes out of your winter um, hmm. allocation. So, you know, end of year or, or something on sale, you'd be able to buy. You know what their size is going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, obviously, they can wind up saving money that way. So that's a exactly. good way for them to, to learn that. Yes. And to save for that. Okay. Now, f- before we get towards the very end, what about when you – have them leave the nest now they're walking out the door you hope you've prepared them but now they're at college or they're you know they've moved maybe somewhere and they're doing their first major job what is it that you leave them with so that they feel like they've got some financial responsibility and that you aren't just throwing them into the wind well in my books, I've got checklists of what you need to teach them before they leave the nest. They have to learn about a lot. And remember, these are kids are now driving. So you've got to make big driving decisions. Who pays for what? Who's responsible for what? And I believe that you have to take them. I had my kids sit down with the insurance agent. Let the insurance agent talk to them about an accident. Mm-hmm. I took them into the police department, made them ask the police questions, which was sobering no pun intended, about, well, what happens if you're not drinking, but someone else in the car is drinking? What, you know, all those things. What are you liable for? Because all of a sudden, they are, with their own minds, they think that they're still children. The law does not view them as children. Mm. They will be tried as an adult. You can't use the defense of stupidity in a court. It doesn't work. So they need to understand things. I call it welcome to planet Earth. And I make them be responsible monetarily and also, you know, socially for things that are going to take place. And I keep them on, even in college, on a short string. Again, the debit card. Here's enough per month, not per semester, because they may decide that taking six friends skiing was probably part of the program. 
and <laughs> just delineate. Here it is. This is what I'll pay for, and this is what it what I won't pay for. If you don't get out of bed in the morning to use your meal card, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not spending another five hundred dollars for the semester filling in food because you couldn't get out of bed. Just whatever it is, it's going to piss you off. Make sure that you explain that to them. So if if they get to day 27 in the month and they no longer have money on their debit card, how are they going to go through the next two or three uh, or four days of the month? Well, again, <laughs> you've got to decide how tough love you want to yeah. get. Um, I, you know, my son was the one who, you know, it, he was just, it was ridiculous. He went out and was busking and he was playing music and and earning extra money in between to, to fill himself in mm-hmm. and um, actually became pretty adept at it. Mm-hmm. And they figure it out. I mean, you know, both kids had jobs and they, they filled in and they did stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, go figure it out. It depends upon how much you want to do. If there's a huge emergency, obviously. Mm-hmm. If they mm-hmm. need an extra book, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, some tragedy took place and or they're sick, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if it's because they blew it, mm-hmm. then you know what? I, I'd love someone putting money into my account every time I blew it. Wouldn't you like that? Oh, that would be lovely. That Isn't sounds that great. great? Let's that... let's go blow it together. Let's hey, go. Robin, we can go have a good time. <laughs> That's you right. Know, don't worry. <laughs> the well will be filled again. This is a very good life lesson. And actually, it, I love what you did with the police department and, you know, taking them to the bank. You taking them to places so that they find out what's really going on. There's no shielding. And that way they understand that financial res- responsibility is really a matter of life and death. What kind of life do you want to have? Yeah. And if you if you choose to act rashly and irresponsibly, then you're going to have a very tough life, or at least for several days of the month when you don't have much money to put towards basic needs. Do you know that adults in America, there were studies done, and unfortunately the majority said that they could not even cover a $400 emergency in a month without borrowing money. Mm, mm. What have they learned? Right. Right. So this is a really important topic for parents to cover with their kids. And I like what you said in the beginning where you said there's no time that's too early and obviously no time that's too late. So that means the time is now to really talk to your kids about this topic in any way that you've talked about throughout this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. So top tip time. If there was one takeaway that you would want parents to come away with in terms of being financially independent, responsible, making sure that all their monies are in line, what would that be? Number one, don't make money the big secret. Talk about it. Here's our budget. This is what this costs. This is what that costs. This is what we earn. These are our bills. This is what we save. This is what our goals and objectives are as a family. Obviously, you don't want them talking about it, but I'm assuming there are other family things that you don't want them talking about. Mm-hmm. If you keep it a secret, it, they're going to find out about money, but it's from their friends, which are bozos. <laughs> so they're not, you're not going to want to do that. 
you want to convey the information. It's just like sex. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it, but they found out about it and got real bad information from their friends. Right. So that's number one. Number two, get them involved in real budgets. Why do I yell at you all the time to close the refrigerator and not keep all the lights on and everything plugged in? Because there's a consequence to that. Show them the electric bill. This is what it costs to do that. That's why I'm yelling at you. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you turn all this stuff off, um, I'll split the savings with you from your elect from the electric bill. Get them involved in the real budget. Let's figure out as a family, we want to go on vacation, let's figure out what we can get out of the budget that we can now have something as a family that we can do together. Get them involved with the real way money works. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. These are really important. We've got spring break coming up and we are actually going to be making a plan for what we're going to be doing. I had just mentioned to my daughter in the car that we need to figure out what it, what we want to do on vacation because we can't do everything because everything costs money. So it looks like I'm going to be taking these tips and using them in my family in the next couple of days. Awesome. Let us know how it works. We'll come back and do another podcast. That would be perfect. Leave us with the resource of the week. Where can people go to find out more information about you? Or where can people go to help them become more financially responsible with their kids? Well, number one, connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me on Facebook. It's Neil Godfrey. Come to my website. You can subscribe each month. It's greenstreetcommons.com. You can subscribe. We'll send you a monthly um, tip that you can do with your kids. You can go get my free apps on, go to the App Store. They're free on iOS, on Apple. And they're for 5 to 10-year-old kids. You can download the app. They can play. Sign up with email. We'll shoot you a little tip as to explaining what your kids are learning in gameplay. Make the world your classroom. That's awesome. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I feel like I've got so many takeaways and I love what you said about being the source of information for your kids and not waiting for them to get the information from somebody else because who knows what they're being told. So thank you so very much. Well, thank you. This was a lot of fun, Robin. I had a lot of fun with you, too. Well, I've got my takeaways, and sweet friends, I hope you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook and go to Dr. Robin Silverman's page, so drrobinsilverman.com or facebook.com slash drrobinsilverman. Let's chat about it. You can also get me on twitter.com slash drrobin. Oh, and if you love this podcast, and I'm sure you did because, wow, this is really, really important information. I hope you'll go up onto iTunes, rate it so others will also learn about these outstanding solutions so that their kids can become more financially responsible. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even when it seems like things aren't really going right, and we all have those days, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need, and we are so glad that you are here. And on the days that we fall short, 
You know we all have them. Never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. You can start now. I see you. I get it. And as there are moments when we all have our doubts, please know that you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.